I, I used all last lesson to introduce this lesson for this week. So I'm trying to figure out the words to say uh, here. But uh, let me just start with this. How many have assurance of salvation tonight? If you don't want to raise your hand, that's okay. But you, you know for sure that God saved you. And that's good to know. Now, how many have ever struggled with assurance of salvation? Raise your hand. I have. I'll raise both hands. Over the years, I was raised in a good Christian home. Uh, I grew up in the IRBC church in Fort Dodge. Um, And uh, had good teachers, good pastors. In fact, that church, even though it's been small, has had literally uh, probably 20 or 30 pastors come from this little tiny church. So they were doing something right, right? I think anyway. And, um, but I struggled with my assurance of salvation. Even in my younger years, I went into the military right out of high school and I wrestled with it. And part of it is because we do not understand terminology that comes with salvation. And so in trying to help, we hurt the matter. One verse that's notorious for not helping is Acts 2.38. And I'll just uh, quote it to you. Well, it's at the top of your notes, I guess. You can look right there. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, repent, And be baptized. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, face value, what does it look like it takes one a person to do to be saved? With this verse. Baptism is one. What's the other one? Repent. I saw this last year on a apparently someone i know in facebook i didn't know but let me read a little bit of this so i can set a background here there was a young man who preached at a church and he posted this publicly on facebook so i'm not going to tell you who it is it doesn't matter i'm not going to tell you what church it is but the point is here it was a privilege to preach the word at blank baptist in blank this morning And looking forward to being back there next week. The sermon this morning was the necessity of repentance. Sounds good so far, right? Many today want to remove the word repent from the message of the gospel and attempt to pit believing in Jesus against repentance in order to give cover to their flesh. Now, I wrote him privately a four-page letter that I have uh, posted on the webpage that you'll see here in a second. Um, So you can see the response. It covers a lot more than what we're going to cover tonight. But I believe that is an erroneous statement in many ways, okay? So let's just get started. This is going to be a little difficult, like I said, because... I set this up last week. So we'll just do the best that we can. By the way, this is, I have all of the notes and audio and extra stuff with this QR code. You'll see it at the end of class too. 
but I just put it there so it's easy to find all of the lessons and other stuff that I'll explain even tonight. The title of this lesson, it sounds easy, but it's not. Repentance, what it is and why it matters. And you've got a taste of it by this gentleman's statement tonight. People are trying to remove it from the gospel because of their flesh. (laughs) Okay, okay. Here's the verse we just read, and here's the key word. that That's all we're looking at tonight is one word, one six-letter word, and then you can add four letters to it because the noun form is repentance, right? Okay? Observations. Now, there's some blanks in here, usually only one word to fill in, and then I don't have a lot of blanks because we have so much to cover tonight. So we have some blanks toward the end again. So, And if you have questions, feel free to holler. By the way, you don't have to agree with me, but I hope you follow along, right? Um, I've, I've warned them in my classes, but usually by the end they do agree. <laughs> but at first it's like, this doesn't sound right, but hang, hang with me, will you? I have evidence. <laughs> Observations of repent is used in Acts 2.38. By itself... The verse can be interpreted different ways. And I brought out, what, five or six different issues that Acts 2.38 brings out. Repent. Be baptized. For. What's the word for mean? I discussed that a little bit last week. The remission of sins. The gift of the Holy Spirit. All of these things are like, okay, you read it more slowly. You should get all kinds of questions when you read that. Because... That verse sounds confusing. It sounds like it's saying things that it really isn't saying based upon the rest of Scripture, okay? Next here, letter B. Some interpretations conflict with other passages of Scripture. Acts 2.38 is a verse that some people use to justify what is known as baptismal regeneration, You have to be baptized to be saved or to finalize your salvation or whatever. What are some denominations that believe that? Anyone? Lutherans do? Okay. Okay. Um, I wasn't thinking of either of those. They consider those, I don't know what, how Lutherans look at it, but Catholics, it's a sacrament, so you keep the different sacraments, right? I'm, I've never been a Catholic. But um, the Christian church and the church of Christ would believe in some form of this, that baptism is either the final step in becoming saved or required for salvation, baptismal regeneration, Okay. So some interpretations conflict with other passages of Scripture. We're going to talk about that more, and that's a big thing. No verse stands alone. Remember that. One of the biggest challenges growing up, even in a good church, even going, I went to Faith Baptist Bible College right out of the Army. I'm finishing up a seminary degree just for fun. If 1,730 pages of reading is fun. That was the last class I took, but... uh, But it has to go together, right? No verse stands alone. Growing up, people would pick out verses 
And it sounds good, but it's wrong. And I've used the illustration, and for those of you already in class, I'll repeat. But for those of you that haven't been in in class, this is what it is. If you have a map of Iowa, and you want to go, and I'll just use Davenport again, but on my map, I need to go this way, right? If I'm looking at the map and I'm holding it right, Davenport tells me I have to go east, or if it's your map, this way, okay? And then it'll get me there. You drive far enough and you hit Davenport. All 38 exits or whatever there is there now, right? <laughs> Do I go the lower loop or the upper, you know, all of that? But, but what if I'm holding the map wrong? And all of a sudden, like, oh, Davenport. It looks like I go north. I-35, let's go. Corn, 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 corn. Cyclones. Corn, corn, corn. Minnesota. Twin Cities. Duluth. Or Duluth, if you're not from there. Boundary Waters. Where's, where's Davenport? What's the problem? Is the map wrong? No, I read it wrong. Right? That's the point. We have to make sure we're reading the map correctly. No verse stands alone, and you can't just use it that way. Next one, whatever repent means, and that's the term we're looking at tonight, it cannot go against the rest of Scripture. So that's saying see a different way. Okay? So far, so good? Yes, sir? What is your definition of baptism? Is it water, or is it by the Holy Spirit? Um, What Peter was talking about here was water, and that's explained later in the context. And as many as believe we're baptized, that's toward the end of chapter 2. But we're not going to go into baptism. I I do not believe, just to clear the air, that you have to be baptized to be saved. Even though I'm a Baptist, it, it doesn't get you saved. It just illustrates our salvation in the Lord, right? Number two, repentance. Why is it important? And you, 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 I'm sure, are thinking this way. Repent is a term used in the Bible. It's inspired by God. So that's important, right? Even though it's, it's uh, often misunderstood, I believe, it's still there. I remember when I first got to Faith Baptist Bible College, how many know George Houghton? He took me under his wing. Here's this guy that was a soldier for four years. I was a married student. I had It was required back then. Married students had to wear plaid and plaid. That's a joke. But um, <laughs> all, all of the students, the single students thought it was true because sometimes it was. I don't know. But, but he took me under his wing. And in Georgia, where I was stationed, I went to a small church. And in that realm, they were very much against predestination. Now, I'm not going to explain predestination tonight. I'm not even going to introduce the topic. But his wisdom is here. I said, Dr. George, we're walking along the sidewalk by the music building, if you know where it's at. And I said, what do you think of predestination? So what do you think Dr. George said? 
Well, I mean, yeah, everyone says it's what the Bible says. But listen, uh, this guy is profoundly wise. He said, you know, that's an unfair question to ask me while we're walking down the sidewalk because that takes more than just a yes or no answer. It's not favorite color blue or, you know, favorite team is not the Eagles or whatever, right? It isn't that. He goes, but, and I was in his Romans class. I started two weeks late, long story, but... But he said, one thing you can know for sure is that the word predestination is a biblical word. And that would have probably blown the socks off of some of the churches I was at in Georgia. It's like, what? You know, because it is. Whatever it means, it is in there, right? Repent is the same way, is my point. That's my illustration. Isn't Dr. George wise? He's still serving the Lord from his assisted living bed. To understand the term and how it is used to avoid error, you have to understand what repent means, just like you have to understand what north or east means when you follow a map, or mile, exit, miles per hour. All of those, need you need to know those terms in order to properly drive. You need to understand these terms in order to understand salvation, what it means and what it doesn't mean. Let her see if needed for salvation, then we need to preach this. If it is required as a step for salvation, then absolutely we preach this. It's not our choice. The Bible isn't a buffet. Am I making you hungry? The Bible isn't a pick and choose. If you're required, but this is a command repent in Acts 2 38. Letter D, if not required for salvation, we need to understand why. All right? Now, let's look at the word repent, and I don't mean to bore you, but this makes a difference, and I hope to show you a little later, but let's look at first. There's a verb and a noun, right, in the Bible. The verb repent, it's metanoieo, to think after or to change one's mind. It's used 34 times in all of the New Testament in 32 verses. Isn't that dry, statistically? Okay. It means absolutely nothing until you have something to compare it with. Repentance, the noun, metanoia. By the way, meta means after, noia, uh, uh, mind or thought. So it's an afterthought. Or a change of mind. It's used how many times in the entire New Testament? Okay, I'm just seeing if you're not droning off on me. Yet. So, <laughs> 22 times in 22 verses in all of the New Testament. Which, if you think about it, that is not a whole lot for the whole New Testament if repentance is that important. Fair? Maybe not. We'll see. Number four here, how are repent and repentance used in the New Testament? Again, I am covering this. This is probably a five-lesson lesson. All of my lessons have been, <laughs> you know, uh, reduced. But hopefully you get the, the everything you need tonight, okay? How are the terms used? Two bullets here. Repent and repentance are terms used... Closely with believe and belief. 
Okay, and I'm just telling you from observation. I'm not trying to persuade you. Do your own study if you want. And I have all of those terms in PDF format already selected out, and you could read through them on your own. Okay, follow that QR code, and you'll get there. So regarding salvation, repent and repentance are terms used closely with believe and belief. Believing in something is a change of mind. Would you agree? If you believe in something and you weren't believing in something, has a change of mind occurred? Yes. If repent or repentance means to change your mind or a change of mind, the noun form, how does that differ from believing? Now, I'm asking right now. Later on, I hope, we'll have time to tell you what I think anyway. Letter B here. These terms are used together with believe or belief. In other words, repent or repentance, this might surprise you, are used together with believe or belief only four times in the entire New Testament. So you don't get repent and believe combinations much, okay? And none require a different meaning apart from belief, okay? Here they are. Glad you asked. Mark 1.15 and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now let's change repent to change your mind and believe the gospel. Does that sound like two steps or one? Yeah, it's saying you have to change your mind, but believe. And now I'm going somewhere with this. Whoops. I would say pardon, but it's a pew. <laughs> Acts 19.4, Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, of changing one's mind, saying to the people that they should believe on him. Notice, he combines the two statements. He says baptism of repentance, and then he replaces that word with believe on him, who would come after him. He uses it as a synonym. See that there? Okay. Acts 20, 21, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God, a change of mind toward God and faith. This is hard too. This is not hard, but it, it, it shouldn't be hard. The verb for, uh, in the Bible is believe, okay, for pistua. We'll look at it maybe in a little bit. But the noun is belief, but it's often translated faith. Faith and belief are the same word in the Greek. I don't know why we use faith sometimes and belief other times, but that causes confusion. Because you have people that say you need to believe and what? Have faith. And it's like, oh, so that's like breathe and breathe kind of. Or sit and sit. And that confuses people. And we don't need to confuse people because Jesus doesn't confuse people. Trust me, we'll get there. So, 
testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, a change of mind toward God and belief toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? If I can put in those, uh, those other ways to translate that. Hebrews 6.1 is the last occurrence where both of these terms in whatever form are found together. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not, a laying, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, a change of mind from dead works and of belief toward God, if I can use those phrases, okay? So far, so good. Questions? And you're like, I'm only half getting this. Good, because you only have to half get it at this point. So you're, you're perfect, perfect where you need to be. I hope you don't mind. I put a lot of scripture in my notes because of speed. And also you can scribble all over your notes, you know, without anything you want. Letter C here under number four. Repent is most, most often is not qualified. In other words, just like Peter said, he says, repent and be baptized. He doesn't say repent, what would be qualified, of something. You almost always see repent by itself. God never tells you to repent of something. And let me give you this. I already told my class last week, but you never, ever ever find this phrase in the Bible, repent of your sins. How's that for a shocker? Again, I have all the occurrences of repent and repentance out on the website that you can look at. They're all highlighted and everything, but you can check it on your own. By the way, I believe the Mormons use that phrase. Okay, which is like, oops, right? Repent is accurate, but repent of your sins is not. Now, on the back of your notes, I have a little caveat. In, in Revelation, there's some repent of works. Uh, in conjunction with actions in four places in Revelation, murders and sorceries repent of their deeds, but it seems to be in light of uh, their response to God, not evangelism or the gospel or anything. Okay? But that's the closest you come. You never find this phrase, repent of your sins, ever in the Bible. So when you share the gospel, do we believe people need to understand that they are sinners? We absolutely do. But the word repent is not connected with their sins. By the way, how many of you just, just you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. Your spouse can raise it for you. How many of you have sinned since you uh, became a believer? Yeah, one person and oh, two, three. I thought you repented of your sins. A lot of people say repent is a change of direction. Well, how much and how often? Because that means most of us really aren't there then. The whole assurance thing isn't going to work out for us very well because I don't know Jerry that well. He's a really nice guy, and he really likes the cookies I bring from home. But uh, I'm guessing he still sends some. Jerry, Raleigh, Larry, Dan, Jim. His wife is not. (laughs) 
I don't know if she was meaning to do that. I think she was just agreeing that we're all sinners. That was like a, whoa, no marriage counseling needed. Okay, so understand we need to use biblical terminology in a biblical way. Is it wrong to use the term repent? Absolutely not. Why? Because it's in the Bible. We just need to use it in a way that the Bible uses the term. Fair? So far so good? Okay. Still halfway there? That's all you need right now. Number five, how are the repent terms used in Acts? So it's like one of the ways to understand how words are used is to look more in detail. How many times did we say, it's in your notes actually, the word repent, the verb, is used 34 times, and the noun form is used 22 times. So these are easy. Okay? Several interchangeable terms are used in Acts 2. So here they are. I think they're listed in your notes. It kind of goes, flows for the next page. Here they all are. Then Peter said to them, and notice what he says here. He says, repent. And I showed my class this last week. So this is review for you. Peter said to them, repent. And he exhorted them saying, be saved. This is, by the way, in the same chapter. Verse 38, verse 40. Here's verse 41. And those who, it doesn't say who repented... It doesn't say those who were saved. It doesn't even say those who believed. It says those who gladly received his word were what? Baptized. Well, that sounds like repent. He's using a different word, Luke is, for the repent part. See, it's used interchangeably. And then, of course, they, the ones that repented, continued. And now verse 44, now all who what? And then it's like, you haven't even mentioned believe in the last, since verse 38. And yet those who believed not repented, though that would be an accurate statement. It's just not what the, the, the word is in the Greek, right? It's the word for believe, not repent. But they use them interchangeably, so we cannot use them separately if they're not meant to be. If, they, if they're actually talking about the same act, we cannot use them as separate acts. Otherwise, then we have to start saying, well, repent. What does repent mean? Well, maybe it's repent of your sins even though that's not a phrase, right, in the Bible. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know what it is. We have to figure out what it means, and we have to understand what it means so that we can rightly share the gospel with people. We have to correct the map. Fair? Get the legend accurate. Okay. Let's go to the next. Let's see. This is letter A, so I'm presuming B will be next. Yes, I'm that smart. Okay, Acts, hey, the military count teaches you how to count to four, so I can impress you in the numbers area, too. Letter B, Acts only uses both repent, both repent terms, repent, the verb, and repentance, the noun, a total of nine times. Now, let me ask you this. If it requires people to be saved, you have to repent. That seems... Very sparse to me, especially in the book of Acts. With me? It's like all of that preaching that goes on from Acts 2 all the way to the end of Acts 28. And they forgot, repent. It's only used five or nine times between the noun and the verb. Why? Because the concept is there. 
Because the concept, it means the same thing as believe. It's not something different. It's interchangeable. Okay, well, let's keep going here. And again, don't believe me. Just listen and then follow along. And if you like what you see, not, that's a wrong way to approach the Bible, right? If you agree with what you see, then believe it. How's that? Okay, here they are. Nine times. I won't even read them to you. Do I have them in your notes? Yes, I do. Okay, and then I list three at the end that are similar to the last one there. But there you have them. Repent. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Repentance to life. God commands all men everywhere to repent. Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. We've already read that one because it combines the two. And same with 2021. Okay? So there's all of the occurrences accounting the three at the bottom that I don't list for you. But you have them there. You can look them up. Now, number six. We'll be out of here before midnight. Promise. Okay, letter A. Believe the verb is used in Acts 37 times. Now the numbers start making sense. How many times is the word repent or repentance used in Acts? Nine combined. Believe is used 37 times just in the book of Acts. And I'm going to wow you. Here's a couple of them. Acts 5.14 and believers. By the way, that's a verb form. The believing ones were increasingly added to the Lord. Chapter 13, 39. And by him, everyone who what? Believes. Now notice what he doesn't use. Paul is preaching to Jews here in Acts 13. What does he not use? Repent. Why? Is Paul leaving something out because of that letter I wrote? uh, Because of the feeding on his lusts or something like that or whatever it was, the introductory letter? Is that his problem? Theological incompleteness? No. It means the same thing. Okay? Belief, the noun form, is used in Acts 15 times. Here's a couple examples. Chapter 6. This is when the uh, deacons were selected. I call them deacons. They're not formally called that, but the word is there in the text. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the belief, if I can use that consistently. Chapter 20, verse 21, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and belief toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We've read that one before, too. And again, I have links on the website. You can download all the occurrences of all these so you don't have to start from scratch. How are the terms used? We looked at all of Acts. How about all of Scripture? How about the New Testament here? What did Jesus clearly say about what saves? Now, this gets you in the problems if you hold to the fact that you have to repent to be saved. And it's something in addition to belief, okay, if I can say that. What does Jesus say? Here is the most clear, one of two, the most clear verses in all the Bible when it comes to salvation. By the way, this is Jesus talking. He who believes in him is not condemned. Questions on what it takes to be saved. 
from the Savior himself. Oh, and he goes on to say, and he who does not believe is, what do you have to do to avoid being saved? Nothing. He who does not believe is condemned, what? Already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He says it three times in three different ways. Clearest passage, I think, in all of the Bible by Jesus. Now here, um, there's three more, 336. uh, You can look them up, but there's more of the same. Okay, what did Jesus say? Let her be here. Those responding in Acts are called believers, not repenters. Right? And you could call them that, I guess. They had a change of mind. Believer kind of has just the positive connotation of, their, you know, they have accepted what God has said for themselves. Chapter 2 of Acts, verse 44. Now all who believed were together. Acts 5, 14. And believers... Again, that's a verb, but it sounds like a noun. And the believing ones were increasingly added to the Lord. They could have used, God could have used the term repent and meant the same thing. But for whatever reason, he chose to use believe. I think it makes more sense to us. What's interesting, too, is Peter uses believe in place of repent in other places in Acts. So when he uses repent in Acts 2.38, other times he uses the word believe and says the exact same thing. Look at this. Acts 10.43, to him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever what? Believes in him will receive what? Isn't that what he said would happen in Acts 2.38 except to use the term what? Repent. Interchangeable. Same result, different verb, but it's a synonym, okay? Next. In Acts, repent is used with Paul four times. Believe, Paul uses the word repent four times. He uses the word believe 34 times. Okay? This is the other clear statement in all of Scripture where it explains what it takes to be saved. A lot of people pull, you know, and you've grown up in this, Revelation 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and you open the door and come in, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, if that's a salvation verse, how do I know he's knocking? How do I open the door? And how do I let him in, right? And we've explained salvation to the point of chaos because we confuse kids. That's not a salvation verse. Jesus already gave you clarity about what it takes to be saved. So don't use other verses that are not clear. And by the way, if that's true, then Jesus, what Jesus said is not true. And that's a clear salvation verse. But what about Acts 16.30? Sirs, what must I do to be? That's pretty clear. Don't you think? That's pretty straightforward. And what did they say? Well, here's the 13 steps that you need to follow. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. 
I've, I have one track in my possession that has 14 verbs in it. So 13 is sh shooting shy there. And they gave him what? What did they tell the Philippian jailer that he had to do to be saved? How many steps? Are they wrong? Is this guy that wrote me that letter? He didn't write me the letter. posted that on Facebook. What? Maybe they're just doing it in the flesh. Leaving out repentance because of the flesh. No, I think they know what they're talking about. I would trust Paul. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's not hard to understand, but we cloud it up because we want a point two and a point three, and some of us want a point four and a point five, and then we want to add a prayer to that. I've shared this with my class many places, different places. I started with the first church I pastored in 1987, and I was working through this as a pastor because I want to be accurate. I want to share the gospel, right? Took 10 tracks off the track rack from our church. I didn't go to the Mormon church, the Catholic church, the Methodist church, whatever, and I said, how, how are you to be saved? And each track, every track had a different number of steps. And if there was the same number of steps, they were different steps. And if it said, say a prayer, it was a different prayer than this prayer. And we're going to evangelize with that? Instead, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's content there. We have to talk about that. Remember the SPSPSP. Talk about that later, not tonight. But let's keep going here because someone's long-winded. The New Testament... Uses, uses believe and belief as the primary terms, not repent. Notice this. It uses, the New Testament uses to repeat the verb repent 34 times. It uses repentance, the noun, 22 times. Look at the word believe. It uses it almost 10 times more, the verb. And it uses the noun over 10 times more. We're talking almost 500 combined occurrences rather than 56. It's not wrong to use the term believe. Summary statements. We're going to go through these fast. Right fast. Repent means to change one's mind. Though changing one's mind will often lead to a change in behavior or direction, the meaning of the term repent itself does not include either of those ideas. You have to change your mind before you change the direction. I'm reading the map wrong, and I'm like, whoa, I'm never going to get to Davenport going north. That's my repentance. That's my belief moment. Then, following that, I change behavior and so on, Right? And that is an ongoing process in our lives. Number two, when repent is used, it is almost always in place of believe. And we mentioned the four passages. These are all in your notes, all the paragraphs, so I'm not going to read it here. Repenting is not a separate step from believing. That's what I'm teaching you tonight. It's used interchangeably. And if I can use, this is my illustration, and I hope it helps. Repentance is a change of mind. I'm believing this 
and now, or I'm not believing at all, and now I'm believing this. That's repentance. It's a change of what? Mind. And I, if I were to explain it, I said believing is looking at just at this direction. Does that make sense? It's looking at the positive side, not what you used to. You believe in this, which means and implies that you stop believing in something else or you didn't believe in something, but now you do. That's what repentance means. That's how they relate together. Number four, the Acts 2.38 combination of commands occurs nowhere else in Scripture. Let me jump down to that highlighted uh, sentence. Repent here is commanding listeners to change their minds by believing what they are being told by God. Okay? Number five, Peter uses the term believe often in acts in place of repent. We showed you one of those, that same result, different word. Number six, whatever repent means, it cannot contradict the overwhelming number of passages that speak of salvation as coming through believing as the single step or requirement for salvation. That's where we're going wrong. We add as a a step, and it's not. Whatever repent means, it has to relate has to relate to and not contradict very clear passages that speak of salvation, like John 3, 18, Acts 16. We cannot expand the meaning of repentance to mean something beyond what Scripture says. Repent of your sins, for example. Sinfulness, I would buy, but that's part of the bigger picture. Number nine here, we must use the term repent scripturally. And I'll let you finish that no well let me read this as a close nowhere for example are unbelievers commanded to repent of their sins for salvation a phrase used often in conjunction with evangelism today by many it is true that our mind must be changed to believe what god says about our sins and sinfulness we are indeed sinners who have sinned and deserves god's justice and wrath belief in a savior assumes belief in the need for one you don't need a savior if you don't need to be saved right Two questions with the same meaning. These mean exactly the same thing. Have you repented? Have you believed on Jesus? Told you it was a hard lesson. Questions. And it's okay if you don't agree with me. By the way, if you go to this QR code, I have all of the occurrences of the word believe, Pistuo, I even categorized them for you in a second document. I have the, all the occurrences of the word pistis, the noun form belief or faith. I've also categorized those. I also have the word repent and repentance out there. All the occurrences of that. I also have the letter if you want to read that. It has no personal information, but the letter I open with so you can see my response. It gives you more detail than what we were able to cover tonight. Yes, ma'am. Um, that's up to you guys. I don't know what I'm doing the next three weeks. The reason being, I've shared, Wednesday night is snow night this year. Have you noticed? So I started covering all the things that were I thought were critical. Two weeks ago, we said calling on the name of the Lord was for believers, not unbelievers. Oh, I did. 
And you can listen to it. And I think everybody agreed with me in the end, huh? I think so. All the notes are out there and everything, but it's up to the what you all want to do for the next. Because we, I think we have three weeks left. Yep. Yep. You were not here last week, correct? No. I kind would I did we cover that enough last week? The baptism that it didn't require uh repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Or do you think But I I did cover it kind of lightly, but yeah, even whose name you're to be baptized in. It says the name of Jesus Christ, not the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a lot in there. But listen, if you would, listen to the last week's because I introduced this and I kind of cover it and let me know because I can go into more detail. It certainly deserves more detail. But And by the way, the PowerPoint slides are out there too, you know, in a PDF format so you can look at those too. Good question though. And I will cover it if you think I need to. So... There's so many things that are like this. Like I said, there's six or seven things in Acts 2.38 that are like, what? Right? So, but when you look, what I would encourage you to do is you won't resolve all your problems as you read through the Bible. I encourage you to read through your Bible every year. But hold on to those clear verses while you're wrestling with the unclear ones, Right? Go to work, sirs, what must I do to be saved for the salvation verse? Not, we looked at Romans 10, 13, which I don't believe is a salvation verse. Go two weeks ago for that. <laughs> All right, so, yes, sir. Is it fair for me to, uh, am I on a bad page here? No, I think you're asking like five questions. And I'm trying to figure out. Fair. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'll answer them all, but I, I don't believe I don't believe that Jesus' death on the cross was just for Adam's sin. First John two two is one of my favorite verses. And uh, my verse one, and my little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. The Greek is not even one time, but. We have an advocate with this Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who is the propitiation, the satisfactory payment, so that for our sins, our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the... All of the sins are paid on the cross, not just Adam, so I would say that. And confessing 1 John is all present tense. If we are confessing our sins... He is faithful and just to be forgiving us our sins and to be cleansing us from all unrighteousness. It's a fellowship factor, not a salvation factor. First John is amazing, and it's about fellowship, except maybe chapter 5, and even then I could argue you have to understand your assurance of salvation to have a good relationship with God, right? Otherwise, you're always like, am I in or out? Am I in or out? Good questions. I, I got two, I think. Good enough? Okay. Who else? What does it take to be saved? 
Two things. Dell asked this a couple weeks ago, so I answered it. You can write these down there, not in your notes. What does it take to be saved? You have to believe in something, not just belief. Three of them. It's easy and it's quick. You can write them down. S, P, S, P, S, P. The letter S, the letter P. You have to believe there's a sin problem, that you have a sin problem. If you're not sure, again, ask your mate. Um, you have to believe that Jesus is a, you have to believe in a special person, that Jesus is the son of God and he's God in the flesh. Jesus dying doesn't help you if he's just a man. And he doesn't help you if he's a sinner. And then the last SP is the substitutionary payment and resurrection. Resurrection doesn't start with P, but payment does. Jesus took my place. Christ died for us. Those are things you have to believe. When Paul was talking to the Philippian jailer, Philippian jailer listened to these guys sing all night long. The guy had like a little mini seminary session. Come on, another song. You know, they were singing and praising God. and so He knew all about at least what it meant to be saved because he went and asked that question. The other thing I want to bring up is Romans 4 is my favorite chapter in all the Bible. But what is faith? What is belief? All the way through. But this is, this is the passage. I think it's verse 24. Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for, which is another way to be say, saved. We get the righteousness of Christ. Genesis fifteen six is what this is pointing back to. Look up, see the stars. You are going to have descendants of that number. And the Bible says Abraham believed God. In Genesis 15, 6, he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 4 explains it, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform and therefore was accounted to him for righteousness. That is a, at least a description, if not a definition of faith or belief. It's, do you believe what God says? Right? Can he do what he says? And that's all there is. That's all we can do to be saved. There's nothing you can add to Jesus' work. And that's why I'm like, repent. We need to change our minds a lot as we come to the word of God. And that's continuous and ongoing. But if it's repent of my sins, I will never get to heaven because there's always more of them. Jesus paid it. They should write a song about that. He is the satisfactory payment for our sin. And not for our sins only, but also for the sins of even Jim Klein. Amen? And Kevin Suber and every one of us. So, Thank you for your patience, your endurance. This is the hardest class I have taught my whole session series. And I think it will remain the hardest one I've taught. If you have more questions, I'm happy to answer Let's close in prayer, shall we? Father, thank you for your word. Lord, help us. We are finite. Our minds uh, can't see everything, understand everything at once. And then, Lord, we even forget so much. The fade factor is great, but help us to learn the word of God accurately so we can see your map the way it's intended. Lord, to believe in ourselves and guide other people into belief. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you very much.